It looks like today we're going to be going on a rocky mountain high. Today, we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from Colorado. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. As always, if you're new to the swamp, why not join us by hitting that subscribe button, and if you haven't yet, be sure to start this video off by hitting that like, because it helps us out a ton. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new, creepy, and fresh stories to share with everyone here in the swamp. Now, without further ado, let us jump right into these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the great state of Colorado. Just before we jump into these stories, though, Swamp Folk, today's episode was sponsored by my good friends over at Talkspace. Honestly, we've all gone through a lot the past couple of years. We've shifted how we work and how we learn, but sometimes it feels like the world is changing faster than we can keep up. Personally, I feel very overwhelmed sometimes because I just have so much to do with work and personal stuff. And I feel like most other people probably feel that way too, at least once or twice in their life. The people around us make a huge impact on our lives and life's pressures can cause those relationships to change for better or for worse. Whether you're having complicated feelings about a relationship or just need a neutral person to talk to, Talkspace Online Therapy connects you to a licensed professional to help you work through it. Talkspace Online Therapy can help you manage stress, process significant life changes, and more, so you can feel less overwhelmed and more in control. Trust me, I'm somebody who used to not believe in therapy or talking to people at all. I used to bottle up everything, and it made me a very angry, bitter person at times in my life. And letting all of that go and trusting in somebody else to hear me out and not judge me really helped me move on in my life. So if you're looking to make a change this season, to be more jolly, maybe a New Year's resolution, Talkspace Online Therapy can help you with that. So, what are you waiting for? If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year or want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code SWAMPED. That's $100 off when you use the code SWAMPED at Talkspace. This story might not be the scariest one you've ever read, but it has stuck with me for a long time. Anyway, it starts in a small town called Durango in Colorado. I was about somewhere between 7 and 10 years old when this happened. Me and my family were visiting an old train roundhouse museum. My parents and my older brother left to check the car for something, but I don't remember what it was, but I was alone for just a few minutes. I was just enjoying having the place to myself, to be honest. I started to explore until I saw an old green sleeper car, but there was something strange about it. There was a dim light that was like from a candle or an oil lamp emanating from within. So, being curious, I walked closer to the car until I found myself in front of the driver's side door. But when I looked at the car, there was a woman wearing a white dress. Her skin was pale, and she looked to be in her early 20s. She had brown or dirty blonde hair. I really couldn't tell due to there being little light from whatever light source was in the sleeper car. Then, she looked at me and waved at me. Being a little kid, I waved back, and then I turned away for just a few seconds. I started to feel cold, but when I looked back, she was gone. I swear it was like she just disappeared in the thin air. 
I remember that I got really scared and ran to the entrance to the museum roundhouse. There, I saw a staff member walking to the museum. I ran to him and started crying that a lady just disappeared in front of me. He looked at me with a surprised face and told me that a ghost haunts that sleeping car. Apparently, back in the late 1800s, a firefighter team were going on a trip somewhere, and they were using that old sleeper car. One of those firefighters had brought their girlfriend along for the trip. She was the only woman on that train, and a fight broke out because they all wanted her or something like that. The boyfriend died in that fight, and afterward, the girlfriend killed herself. It's been said that her spirit seeks vengeance to murder whoever killed her boyfriend. And after that, my parents found me. The staff member explained what happened to my parents. I've been in that museum a couple of times, but that was the only experience that I've ever had that really freaked me out. This story isn't mine. It actually happened to my brother. He asked me to submit it to you. I am a 29-year-old male living in Colorado. This happened to me three years ago. I used to spend weekends on a secluded farm in West Cliff. My dog, Turbo, was a very hyper border collie mix, so it was nice to let him run around a bit. My friend's family owned the land. My job at the time was in Denver, which is four hours from the farm. This was a drive I made every Sunday morning around 2 a.m. I was about an hour into my commute when the radio had gone silent for a moment. This caught my attention right away. Suddenly, I started to hear a strange, almost cult-like chanting. It started to get louder and louder. Even when I turned the dial to lower the volume, it kept on getting louder. Panicked, I then turned the radio off, and the chanting kept getting louder and louder until it finally just stopped. It was silent for a moment, and then my radio turned back on and continued to the station that I had been listening to prior. I was on edge for the rest of the way to work. It hasn't happened since, and I hope it never happens again. Another time, I had let Turbo roam around the property as he always had. He seemed to know the property edges and never really strayed out of my sight. I was helping my friend feed the chickens and Turbo was content with watching. Suddenly, he just wasn't there anymore. This was very unlike him, so I got a bit worried. There is a dense forest that lines the property, so my instinct was to start checking along the forest edge. My friend, his family, and I looked day and night with no luck. Three days passed, and my friend was driving home from work one day. He noticed something on the side of the road. It was a dog's head and spine. He pulled over and looked closer and noticed a collar a few feet away. It was Turbos. Now, I'm from Wisconsin, and I'm not very completely familiar with all the dense forests and the animals that inhabit it, but I've never heard of animals only leaving behind a head and a spine. Perhaps it was coyotes, but it still makes me unsettled to this day. I don't really visit the farm much anymore. I got another dog, and it would kill me to see him meet the same fate. Hello everyone, thanks for wanting to listen to my cryptid horror story. Now before we start, I must tell you I'm a 20 year old kid who lives in the mountains of northern Colorado. Now this story is from 2012. So back then, I was staying with my grandparents. They live on a property deep in the woods in the Rocky Mountains. So I was staying with them for a week and a half or so, and everything was going fine until that Friday night. 
So, after my grandma made me and my grandpa dinner, mind, the time was probably 8 o'clock or so, the time will be important later. After we were all done with dinner, my grandparents were tired and said they were going to go to bed. So after they went to bed, I stayed up playing video games until about 1am. I was tired and ready to go to sleep myself. Then, right before I was going to get into bed, I heard scratching noises on the side of the house. They were pretty much ear-piercing, like nails on a chalkboard. I had to cover my ears at one point. I was terrified and considered going to get my grandparents, but I decided it might just be the tree scraping against the house. Brushing it off, I decided to do my best to go to sleep. Sometime around 3am, I was awoken because it sounded like someone or something was trying to open the front door. I immediately jumped out of my bed and ran straight to the closet to grab my grandpa's 12-gauge shotgun. I opened the closet door and grabbed the shotgun and loaded it. I slowly walked towards the front door, and what I saw haunts me to this very day. I saw a creature that was at least seven feet tall and covered in long, shaggy hair. When it turned around, there were two large, white, glowing eyes staring right at me. I felt like they were burning into my soul. My first instinct was to, to aim and shoot at this thing. When I did, it released the most horrific and blood-curdling scream I have ever heard. I, I don't even know how to explain it. This thing ran away on two legs into the deep, dark woods. Now, after hearing the shot, my grandparents ran to see what the hell was going on and why the hell I had just shot the shotgun. When I saw them coming to me, I dropped the gun and ran to my grandparents' arms and hugged her tight. Then, my grandpa called the police. About 45 minutes later, they arrived, and the sheriff deputies, they questioned us. But they basically said there was nothing they could really do except check around. And that's what they did. They checked around the property and said that they didn't see anything. After that sighting of what I consider to be a Bigfoot, I've never seen a creature like it again. Thanks for sharing my story, and I hope everyone in the swamp enjoyed it. Hello Swamp Dweller, I actually live in New England, and I'm 46 years old. This event happened in June 2020. My stepdaughter lives in Colorado, and has been begging me for years to come visit her at her new house. So finally, we planned a trip to do so. It is a very long trip going from New England to Colorado. Me, my wife, and our four children started driving my Ford F-350, pulling a travel trailer. The trailer was 40 feet long and weighs 7,800 pounds. Most of the trip was uneventful until we got to Route 96, a very long straight road with fields on both sides. It was around 3 a.m. and everyone was asleep. My children were in the back seat. My wife was sitting next to me in the front. Because I had taken a nap a couple of hours before, I had decided to drive through the night while everyone else slept. Out of nowhere, it starts to rain heavily so hard that I could barely see the road and the wind was making the trailer sway side to side. I was going around 55 miles per hour when I passed a gravel entrance to a ranch. Standing at the gate was what seems to be a deer. Because I was driving fast in the heavy rain, I didn't pay too much attention to it and just kept driving. Every 30 seconds I looked in the rearview mirrors because I am pulling the trailer when I saw something on it. A silhouette of something big. I thought it was just the rain. I looked forward again, and after 30 seconds or so, I looked at the rearview mirror. On my left side, there was nothing. 
so I said to myself it must have just been the rain and me maybe hallucinating. As I was changing my line of sight to the front again, there it was. This thing was huge. It was in front of my truck. To the left was this deer. But it was weird because it was like gray in color. Its head was partially crushed. Its eyeballs were completely white. It, it looked unnatural, almost like it was from hell. I looked at its body, and parts of its skin were missing. I literally could see water from the rain going inside of its body. I switched to high beams and the eyeballs were shining with the light. I always was able to keep my cool even on the worst situation, and so I did. But I could feel my heart beating so hard on the inside that I got concerned that I might have a panic attack. So I hit the gas pedal to the floor and tried to get away from this thing. My wife woke up with a loud whistle from the turbo in my truck. She asked me, Is everything okay? Do you want to stop for a minute? I said no, very sternly. Everything is fine, go back to sleep. I was worried for my life, that's for sure. But I was always worried for my wife or my children seeing this thing. Whatever it was. I found myself driving at 75 miles per hour pulling a 7,800 pound trailer with low visibility and a lot of rain. I looked at my GPS and I can see there is upcoming train tracks. So I hit the brakes slowly and when I look in my mirrors, the thing was not there. I left it behind. As soon as I got out of that route, the rain stops and the rest of the trip was rather quiet. When we arrived at my stepdaughter's house later that day in Colorado, my wife tells me that she had a weird dream about a deer. I told her it was just a dream. I didn't tell her because, honestly, when we go back home we have to use that same exact route. To this day, I don't know what on earth that thing was. I guess I'll never know for sure. All I know is that those roads, somewhere in the middle of Colorado, are pretty scary. This happened in 2011. My husband is in the armed forces, and four months after we got married, we got orders to move to Colorado Springs. We moved three days after Christmas Day. To give some background, I have a son from a previous relationship that had just turned four. Anyway, we bought a massive house in a cute little suburb right outside the springs and bordering the Black Forest. You may have heard of it when it caught on fire in 2013. It was horrifying to be evacuated, but that's another story. We had only had time to get our stuff unloaded into the house from the moving trucks when he had to go to California for a short time. So, it was going to be three months without him. He had to be there 11 days after we arrived in Colorado. Besides feeling a little bit better about being dumped off in freezing Colorado in the middle of winter with my little boy and leaving to find our way, we loved how beautiful the area was. The house didn't give me any weird vibes at all. It was lovely and only about 10 years old at the time when we moved in. Updated by house standards and the house had been on the market for about a year and sold nearly six times before we bought it. Each time something fell through with the financing or so my realtor said. And as a result, the owners were letting it go at a steal of a price. Having moved to Kansas and paying two mortgages at that point, we were overjoyed. I will try to describe the layout of a few spots to make the story easier to understand. First, it was a vast open floor plan. The living room had 20 plus foot ceilings which opened up to a loft upstairs. My son's bedroom and an extra space that would later be my daughter's were all upstairs as well. 
At the top of the stairs, a loft separated the two bedrooms, and then across a long catwalk, my master bedroom. Finally, just a hallway opens up at the living room downstairs, on one side, and the entry right to the front door on the other side of it. Also, another essential thing to note is that the main living room, along with a guest room on the main floor, had the ceiling light and fan combo that was controlled with the remote. Okay, on to the story. I can't remember exactly when it first happened, but it was in the evening, which meant it was already pitch dark outside in the Colorado winter. I was on the couch watching TV while my son played in his room. Then, out of nowhere, he comes running down the stairs screaming and crying. I could hear the fear in his voice and ran to meet him on the stairs. Once he could calm himself down enough to speak, he finally said, while I frantically looked him over for injury, screaming and crying, What? What happened? He finally stutters, The darkness. I had no idea what this meant, but assumed he got scared of his closet or something, as all the lights were on upstairs. His bedroom had a walk-in closet with a window that faced the street out front, so it wasn't ever that dark. Our house was on a corner as well, so there was a light pole right at the edge of our property. I walked him back upstairs to show him that it was nothing and put his mind at ease. I asked him where it happened, and as I suspected, he pointed to his closet. The only weird thing was that the light was already on in there. I said, buddy, the lights are on. It's not even dark. He still refused to be alone in his room for a few days and had to sleep with me. I didn't mind and figured he would get over it soon enough, but it was probably growing pains from moving to a new state in a much larger house than we had been used to. He finally got over it and went back to sleeping in his bed after a while, but I slept with my bedroom door open so I could better hear him if he got scared at night. So a little while later, I don't remember how long exactly, I woke up in the middle of the night, not knowing what had woken me up. My collie mix was sleeping on the floor beside my bed, and I saw her head perk up at the same time I found myself awake. Attempting to ignore it, I rolled onto my side and went back to sleep when I heard something again. It sounded like my son laughing. I was startled that he would be out of bed at this hour, and was even more strange that he would be downstairs alone in the dark, which was where it sounded like it was coming from. I tentatively got out of bed, and honestly, my dog jumped up with me to join me, which was out of character and it kind of freaked me out. We stopped at the catwalk and faced the living room below. I didn't hear anything else but my dog looking through the spindles on the railing, starting to growl. I called my son's name, but got no response. Finally, I walked over and flipped the lights on to see if he was downstairs, and I didn't see him at all. So I went to his room to check, and he was fast asleep. My dog was still unmoved from his original spot, staring down at the living room, though the growling had stopped. So I scooped up my son and brought him back to my room, got the dog in and shut and locked the door. I was feeling unnerved at best, and downright terrified at what the heck could have been down there, and what the explanation was. If my dog hadn't responded as she did, I would have assumed it was just me being tired or something. Nothing happened for a while, and I tried to forget it ever happened. Finally, I told my husband about it over the phone, and being the practical person he was, he told me it was probably a bird flying around overhead or something. <laughs> sure, I guess it could have been that, but my dog's response still didn't add up with that. Still, I wanted to move past it, so I accepted it as the truth. Then, the lights started acting weird. My son and I had gone to visit some family out of town, and came home to find the spare bedroom light was on. 
The light was dimmed all the way, and the light remote would allow you to cover the light by holding down the button. And if you held it too long, the light would turn off entirely, and you could push the button again to turn it on. Also, the cradle for the remote by the master switch was broken, so the remote stayed on the nightstand next to the guest bed. I had to walk into the bedroom and find the remote in the near dark and push it twice to make the light come back on as usual. It always freaked me out, but I didn't let it show because I didn't want to scare my son. It became a regular occurrence for this to happen, and then it started in the living room. I watched TV one night after putting my son to bed while waiting for my husband to call me to say goodnight, as he did every night. I had the light on, but out of nowhere, the fan turned on to the highest setting possible. I left the remote on the wall cradle so it wouldn't get misplaced, so I got up and walked over to turn the switch off once again and returned to the couch. After a minute or so, it happened again, the fan running at full blast. So I got up to turn it off again, and as soon as it got close, it turned off by itself. Annoyed, I started back to the couch to get comfortable. Another few minutes by, and once again, the lights are turning themselves off and on and off and on. At this point, I just said no, turned off the TV, and called it a night. But when I woke up in the morning, the light was back on, and the fan was running on high. Of course, when I told my husband about all these things, he said it must be getting interference from a neighbor remote or something of that nature. Yeah, I thought that sounded like a load of bull too, but I wanted a logical explanation, so I didn't feel so scared being awake alone at night in my own house. My husband finally made it back home, and naturally, the lights functioned correctly when he was around. I looked like an irrational and scared woman, letting my mind play tricks on me. But one night, we were both watching TV and could see a little dark head peek over the section where the lower wall meets the spindles on the railing. Assuming it was my son sneaking out of bed to spy on some extra TV, my husband went to catch him, but came downstairs puzzled when he found my son soundly sleeping. We would always catch a glimpse of what looked like a dark-haired child peeking around down at us from up there. And I think at this point, he finally started to believe me. We were home alone once while my son was at school and we heard a massive bang from the upstairs bedroom. My husband went to check on it, but never found anything out of place. Occasionally, we would hear running or footsteps in that same room. After a year there, my daughter was born, and that became her room which made the steps and running much scarier as she was a newborn and couldn't even walk. My in-laws came once and stayed with my kids, so my husband and I could go on an overnight trip alone up to Woodland Park for our anniversary. But when we got back, my mother-in-law said she would never stay alone in that house again while we weren't there. She never said what scared her so much, but she was convinced that the house was just not right. I hadn't even told anyone but my husband about what happened to me in the first few months there. I have quite a few more stories from the house, but this is already very long. I never expected to find a haunted house in the burbs, and in a newer house at that. I still can't explain what happened with all of those weird events that went on there. We moved out of there in 2014, and we got orders to another state. And I haven't felt creeped out like that ever since. I am an experienced hiker and outdoorsman. I have spent a lot of time hiking and camping in both Colorado and the White Mountains, as well as some hiking abroad in places like Morocco, Iceland, Switzerland, and a few other countries. I am very comfortable outdoors and in the woods, 
and I like to think of myself as a level-headed hiker. Something happened this evening that neither I nor my boyfriend have been able to explain, though. We took our dog out for a walk at a state forest close to our home in Colorado. We arrived sometime around 4.30, which is unfortunately dusk in our area at this time of year. We figured, no problem. We'll use the well-marked trails and stay in populated areas. We had just gotten out of our car, gotten our dog leashed up, and had started up the paved trail onto the path. We couldn't have been walking for any more than two minutes when I got an unmistakable, alarming feeling. I have never felt this in all of my years spent in the outdoors, and I immediately felt as if something was watching us. We, we have a very alert, very active dog who can hear a squirrel from a mile away. He didn't look alarmed and wasn't acting out of the norm at all, so I tried my best to brush it off. But only a moment later, I looked up and saw something that I absolutely have no explanation for. About 20 yards ahead of us, I saw a white mass floating between two trees. It was floating about four feet off the ground, give or take. I physically could not wrap my head around what I was looking at. It was almost shaped like a band-aid. I have no idea how else to describe it. It was staticky and was not quite a solid shape. It was easily about a, f about a foot and a half to two feet tall from top to bottom. I have great vision, but the mass was blurry and kind of twisting and spinning in place. I tried to focus on it, but I, w I just could not get a clear vision of what it was. Despite still having some sunlight to work with and having a pretty clear side of view on this thing, I just could not, s could not make it out. I grabbed my boyfriend and immediately pulled him towards me and pointed and said, What the heck is that? I think this was the first time in my life that I felt fight or flight kick in at full capacity. He laughed and thought that I was messing with him at first, but it quickly became clear that I was not. He turned to look, and, just as he did, the mass floated to the right and ducked behind a tree. We stood and watched for a moment. The mass floated from behind one tree to another, and it was almost like it was peering out at us and looking at us. My boyfriend equated it to playing hide-and-seek with a child, who is poorly hiding, but peeks around the corner to see if you can see them. It made a few more bizarre floating movements before it suddenly disappeared in front of us. We stood there for a minute or so, waiting to see if it would reappear, and trying to rationalize what the heck we had just seen. We did move a bit closer, just to confirm that there was no trash or any debris in the area that could have been, you know, floating around. We didn't see anything. We headed back to the car and called it a day after that. It has been quite a few hours since this happened, and we still have absolutely no idea what we could have seen. We're not huge believers in the paranormal or the supernatural, but I've been digging through some paranormal books and shows and stuff online, trying to figure out what we were looking at. We know that it was not a human or an animal, and have not been able to find any other explanation for what the hell we could have seen. We would love to hear if anyone has any ideas or has had a similar experience to ours. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from Colorado. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating, as it's incredibly helpful to us over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, 
I upload them nearly every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net. I'm always looking for fresh new stories to share. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories absolutely free, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, maybe check out the merch store. We have everything from t-shirts to hoodies to face masks. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threats. I would love to know in the comments down below tonight, what story was your favorite? Be sure to join me over on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.